0: Listener production. Hey, I'm former Australian beach spinner and fitness trainer Katie Williams. When I was competing, I would do anything I needed to do to be the best. But now that I'm retired, I'm trying to develop a more balanced relationship with my diet, exercise and my body image. In each episode, I'll try a different diet or lifestyle challenge for two weeks to see if it helps me think, move, or feel better. For the next two weeks, the challenge I'm taking on is yin yoga. yoga. So why do I wanna try yin yoga? Well, actually, I don't wanna try yin yoga. It's the only yoga class that I avoid like the plague. I see it on the timetable and I think I'm never gonna do that class. So that's exactly why I'm doing this challenge because I'm resisting it. And every time I resist it I have to lean in and give it a go. I'm doing this challenge because I want to feel the calmness and inner peace that I do get from meditation but I want to maximize it by moving my body and also leaning into something that I do find really uncomfortable and to be honest kind of scary. I want to feel more mobile in my body I want to improve my lower back pain. I definitely get some serious stiffness in my lower back from an old injury, so I'm hoping this Yin Yoga really helps me unlock my lower back and unlock my tight hip flexors as well. Before starting this challenge, I want to speak to Mel Kitchen. She's a yoga expert and co-owner of Modern Movement. She eats, breathes and sleeps yoga, so I couldn't be in better hands. I want to get Mel into the studio to understand what yoga truly means and why as humans we need it plus how I can maximize the best results in just two weeks. I'm here with Mel Kitchen, who is an amazing yoga teacher and co-founder of Modern Movement. Welcome to the podcast studio. Oh, thanks for having me, Han. What is your background in yoga?
1: Uh, life. I think for everybody who devotes their life eventually to yoga, it all comes to the same head where... We're doing life in a way that feels like it's okay, and we're just kind of getting by, but then life drops you to your knees or kicks you out the door. And that's usually when yoga enters, when you realize that the way you were doing it before, you can't do anymore. And so I think for me, I'm a part of that collective. Right before college, I was actually diagnosed with a form of epilepsy and with diabetes and started having all of these health problems. So in and out of hospitals and every specialist that you can imagine and just trying to find something. And I decided that leaving home would be the best thing for me and going to study psychology. And in that, I started kind of gathering a little bit of momentum about like, okay, I'm understanding some patterns and some conditioning and some stuff that I don't really want to be doing anymore. And somebody was like, well, you know, if you're stressed out and you're having all these, you know, dietary and body and brain problems, yoga is meant to be good for that. And I remember after that first yoga class, I hated it. I (laughs) hated it. And I, I should also say that I grew up racing motocross so totally I was like, different totally different worlds. So sitting in a yoga room with hippie people talking about feelings for an hour was like my version of hell. I can relate. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if we're not doing this hard, I don't want to do it.
0: That's me right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: If I'm not running or making myself stronger or better or faster in some way, this is a waste of my time. But, but afterwards, there was this sense of, calm that I had never experienced before. And I remember just kind of sitting there and being like, huh, well, that's something. (laughs) And it was just a curiosity. And I left and I was like, well, maybe I'll do that again and just see. And everything that was happening physically in my body just slowly started to vanish. And so then it was like, okay, well, this is real for me, but is this real?" in other circumstances and for other people. And being like the scientist, curious kind of brain that I am, I was like, I feel like I just want to know more about this. So I went to India. I did a teacher training there, but it was with no intention to ever become a teacher. And seven years later, wow. here we are, full-time job. And I was very lucky to be a co-owner in what I believe is one of the most magical studios In ever. the whole world.
0: <laughs> Obviously. It's the best studio. <laughs> so let's talk about yoga. Mm. What um, styles of yoga do you teach?
1: Our signature style is a heated vinyasa. And vinyasa is a really nice way of seeing, saying a, a sequence of shapes, which means that it's dynamic, it's that it flows. And um, there's often an element of intensity, and especially because we have heated and non-heated, when you add the element of heat, it makes dynamic physical movement real physical. I love it. <laughs> so yeah, which is, which is wonderful for people like you and me who are busy and who want to move and who want to be challenged and who want to be shown how strong you are. And then on the colder end of the spectrum, we have yin, which is a newer style of yoga within the last decade where, you know, the other ones are ancient and it's the hardest i think of all of them agreed because you are sitting still and because of that it becomes such a mental practice where we are so used to physical and to pushing ourselves physically to our boundaries but yin it will make you sit in that discomfort but there's no escape there is no external stimulus of okay touch that and then let's go like vinyasa Yin, you just have to sit there and breathe your
0: way and think and to feel and let it pass. I love that so much. And I love that yoga is suitable for everyone. Everyone. And you you can't be bad at yoga. Because I remember my first class. I've done classes with you before. And I'm shocking at yoga. <laughs> I, I'm str- Which is my favorite, I, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I'm not good at yoga. Um, I'm strong and mm-hmm. I've got muscle. Um, I'm pretty mobile, actually. Um, but I'm not very flexible. I have very tight hip flexors, very tight um, hamstrings, tight lower back, and I'm a boxer, kick, boxer, sprinter, mm. and all my training is high intensity. Mm. But I've loved every time I've come to a class, which is not that many, I don't feel intimidated. And there's also no ego, you know. Everyone's just there to to move the capacity that their body can move in and to be okay with not being able to do some of the poses, to just come down into... I want to say, I was about to say child's pose. You got it, girl. (laughs) It's
1: child's pose. You're better than you think. I think something important in that is that there's a difference between yoga and asana. And what you are describing is asana. And asana is a Sanskrit word, which essentially just means physical shapes, the physicality of the body. We all, I shouldn't say we all, most of us, Enter this world of yoga through asana. There's an eight-step path, which is yoga. Asana is step number three. So we're bypassing one and two, and we are entering on step three. Steps one and two are mental and personal observances. But who has
0: time for that? (laughs) Not in in this world. I need to drink enough water. I need to go to bed. I need to start drinking wine. (laughs) I need to meditate. Totally. So we skip. We
1: totally skip the observances of being kind to ourselves and watching ourselves. And we move straight into how fast and how hard and how, when can I get fit and lean and healthy? I'm going to go and do that first. But because we're entering through asana, we think that that is the beginning and that is the end of it. And we base our ability to be a yogi on our ability to touch our toes, which really has almost nothing to do with yoga. So I think if there's one thing that I could ever impart on people who are you know even looking at entering the world of yoga, it's to get over the physical component of it and to embrace the suck.
0: <laughs> embrace the suck.
1: You are going oh, you that are are going to walk in and you're going to suck. You know, it's just like if you I took, suck. if you took me downstairs and you were like babe, let's kickbox it out, I would be like cool, I have a lot of body awareness, but I'm really going to suck at this. And we can do a bit of a swap. (laughs) Yeah, a little swapsies. (laughs) And, you know, I'm going to get kicked in the head a couple of times, but it doesn't mean I'm not a good person. It just means, at least I hope, it just means that, you know, this is a new way of moving the body. And it's my worth, my value isn't wrapped up around my ability to you know, move my arms and my legs, which most people entering yoga classes believe that it is. Oh, you know what I mean? I feel that. Yeah. yeah. And so then it's like, well, you I'm feel like, I'm yourself. really bad at it. I don't want to go. Like everyone's gonna be
0: looking at me like, who's that girl in the corner who put her right foot forward? And the teacher said left. What benefits have you noticed from teaching yoga and of course doing yoga? I mean, look, anybody with Google, you know, you can pull up pages and
1: pages of benefits decreased blood sugar levels, a balanced nervous system, balanced hormones, flexibility in the body, improved posture, lower levels of stress. Those are all, to me, just symptoms. Mm. But those symptoms, they are literally endless. But the greatest benefit I think that I have ever seen, from which all of those symptoms spring out of, is our ability to sit with ourselves. And I think that is the greatest benefit of yoga. It creates a moment in time where you are not expected to go anywhere or to be anyone. You're not late, you're not early, no one's watching, no one's waiting. For a rare window in time, you are just with yourself. And for most of us, I think our busyness is that we are trying to avoid that. We are trying to avoid the parts in us that feel uncomfortable, and not strong enough and not good enough and not flexible enough and not skinny enough. So we wanna be busy about it. And we wanna read books about it and talk about it and go to the gym and stare at ourselves in the mirror while we work on it. But none of that occurs in yoga. And you just have to become aware of who you are. And when you're aware of who you are and you're comfortable to sit in who you are, that is when those
0: benefits occur. Oh, that's so good. Everyone needs to do yoga. Mm, Right? We'll get people going. (laughs) So I brought you into the studio because Better For It is a challenge-based podcast. Mm. So what challenge are you going to set for me? You're going to love
1: me, slash we might not talk for a long time after you finish this challenge. (laughs) I'm going to challenge you to do yin. Oh, no! And... And I'll tell you why. And I I sat with this. I sat with this for some time, but I think that you and I are such a great representative of humanity, especially right now. We are so busy and we're all just trying to do and do and do and do and push past whatever this weird, murky existence is that we're sitting in. And instead of doing that, and instead of doing more on top of that, And instead of avoiding the parts where we're uncomfortable or where we're tight, I challenge you to sit still. And I challenge you to sit in discomfort. And I challenge you to become aware of your thoughts, your tenderness, your breath, and to become a witness to who you are being that is not you. And I'm also going to ask you to do this as a home practice, taking all the fancy parts out. Because we also put yoga on this pedestal of like, I need to be taught by the guru. I need to have the right outfit. And I need to go to the it yoga studio and have the stickiest of the sticky mats. And until I have those things, I can't do yoga. And I'll try to get that sometime in the next seven years.
0: You just don't try. <laughs> you
1: just don't try but I challenge you to make it as simple as it is. I also want you to keep this short and simple. 20 minutes, if you can in the evening, because likely you're getting up in the morning and doing all the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if you're not out, you're thinking about how you, like how many minutes you have until you need to be out. But at the end of the day, find something that you're doing every night anyways. You know, if you're end of night routine is washing the dishes or brushing your teeth or reading a couple pages of your book or putting on your pajamas, whatever. Find something that without fail, you are doing every single day. I will give you four yin poses. And I just want you to do those four yin poses every single evening, sometime that makes sense for you in your routine, that you'll actually do it without your phone, without any external stimulus, And you will actually sit in how that feels, what shows up, what are your reoccurring
0: thoughts, what are your reoccurring behaviors, and who are you being? What changes do you think I should expect from doing this challenge physically, mentally, and socially?
1: Okay. The poses that I want to give you are kidney poses because I believe from our fast-paced lifestyle, and I'm saying our because I'm talking about humanity, we're all together in this, we are all exhausted and overwhelmed. And it's the kidneys that take the brunt of that because just, you know, around the kidneys is where we produce our adrenaline and our cortisol. So the poses that I want to give you are to help excrete that and to balance your inner system. So what I think you will start to notice very soon is that your nervous system starts to become more buoyant. Your ups are less up and your downs are less down. And there's less fluctuation between anxiety and panic and fear. And you become more level. You know, it's kind of like a boat rocking on a ship. It's less peaks and troughs. Yes. You kind of just, you know, ebb and flow your way through life. And even within seven days or 14 days, and I'm going to be honest, even after one practice, it happens. Mentally, you will probably start to notice that your ability to deal with stress is it becomes much easier. So, on a global scale, your ability to deal with what's occurring, you become much more comfortable in discomfort. You become much more settled and grounded. And socially, you know, I would love for you to come into the studio. I would love to. And you become a part of a collective who deeply shows up for each other in the ugly and in the suck. <laughs> because oh. ultimately when we're in that room and someone is telling you, you know, to like utkatasana which we can just call it the pose of hell, you know, it's like a deep squat, you know, and Everyone sucks at that, you know, but like you can look around and see a pack of people who all just suck, you know, and like in that moment, you all are going through something together and you're not alone in your challenge and you're not alone in your fear and you're not alone in your pain. There's 20 other people in that room who feel exactly what you feel and they see you in that moment of your suffering and your pain and your struggles and they're doing it too. And you remember that Although we feel so alone, like this is just me or this is so hard and there must be something wrong with me, we're all
0: in exactly that same soup together. Do you think two weeks is long enough to notice changes?
1: You'll notice the change straight away. If you're looking for it and if you're feeling for it, you will notice it in exactly that moment. The trick is at the moment's all change. And if you want something to take root in a deep and meaningful and long lasting way, you must repeat the behavior. So after two weeks, absolutely, especially if you are willing to lean in. If it's just another thing to do, then, you know, if it's something that you don't enjoy or something that you just must get through, you probably won't notice that much difference, you know, because it's just been a struggle or a push. But if you, there's a way that you can make it personal and prescriptive to why for you, I would say
0: you won't know yourself at the end. Amazing. That's great. (laughs) That's what I want to hear. I do have some fears for this challenge. Probably everyone has the same fears. One time. Do I have time? Yes, I definitely do have time, but I have to make the time. The next one is I know that I really, I've never tried yin and I've avoided it for a long time, probably because I don't want to sit with myself, which is the truth. Sitting in the poses that are uncomfortable with the thoughts in my mind, I already find meditation can be, I really enjoy meditation, but there's times where I avoid it. Mm. And yin is adding another layer on that, which is actually physically being in an uncomfortable position, noticing your body, noticing your thoughts, and the discomfort with both worlds colliding. Mm. So the idea of yin makes me uncomfortable, and it is definitely something I've avoided for many years. Mm. So thank you for making me do, thank you for giving me a challenge that's actually something that I need Mm. and for making it suitable for my lifestyle because my lifestyle is pretty full on.
1: It's interesting. We crave that which we are. Yes. And being intense in a hot yoga practice, it's, it's a perfect match for who you are. And when you're in it, you feel like you can show up. It's like, yes, I'm busy and I've got my heart rate at whatever and this is fabulous. <laughs> and I hear you. All of those fears are so valid. And again, I'm stoked that you're going to take up this challenge and I'm stoked that those are your fears because those are universal. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a method which I love which is called kaizen. And it's a Japanese word which means small and incremental change over time. And I think that Anybody who's challenging themselves to become better or to change something about themselves in terms of behavior that they either do not want to do or that they absolutely do want to do, underwhelm yourself. Yes, agreed. Kaizen yourself. Find a 1% change. So even after, you know, this challenge for you or even for the people who are listening who are like, 20 minutes sounds lavish, but I don't have that. One minute. Yep. Yeah. It will change you. It will completely change you. And then after some time, a minute goes by and you're like, maybe I'll sit here for two minutes. Because
0: it feels good. It feels
1: good. It feels good. This is so easy. From those tiny behaviors and from those tiny moments of introspection and checking in on yourself, you eventually want to do that more naturally. It it accumulates. It accumulates. You get momentum. Definitely. But if you're going from zero and you're trying to get to a 1,000 in one day— You're just going to be disappointed in yourself and you're going to fail. And the problem isn't that you need more motivation and the problem isn't that you need more time. The problem is that you need to be practical.
0: Agreed. So my homework for this challenge is doing yin yoga four times a week for 20 minutes, roughly in the afternoon. And I'll come into the studio as well. Yeah. This is a wonderful challenge and I'm I'm actually not nervous anymore. I feel excited to do this challenge. I was was nervous for this, thinking that I was going to be doing... An hour of yoga every day for 14 days. I was I was overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah. The alarm bells are going off in my head.
1: Which is the worst place to start. Like our life is overwhelming. And the last thing you want is for like your yoga to be overwhelming on top of an overwhelmed day. This is a beautiful challenge. I'm so grateful that you are going to take up the challenge. I can't wait to watch you as you go and to meet the new you on the other side.
0: (laughs) A much calmer version. Much more grounded (laughs) version of me. Why, like give me a fitness challenge. Give me like a brutal workout way over a slow yin class. (laughs) I'm gonna be like a little 80 year old woman trying to get into these poses. So wish me luck because your girl's gonna struggle. Mentally, as soon as I sit down to do my yin, I'm just like ticking off what needs to be done. Dates, due dates, deadlines, um, people I need to get back to. I'm literally just doing this like a mental checklist and I'm sort of struggling to switch my mind off. I'm not feeling amazing, so I'm gonna take today and maybe tomorrow off. The good thing about yin is it's not physically demanding, so I would never call it a training session. It would be like a recovery or um, sort of a restorative flow. It's not a training session. I'm about to do 27 minutes of yin. Yin for your nervous system. How good, in the comfort of my own home. So for me who is kind of on the go, doing a yoga that physically stops me and forces me to stretch my body, forces me to connect back to my breath and connect back to myself and be aware of my thoughts coming and going. This kind of yoga is more challenging for me or someone who's high energy because it actually forces you to stop. And I think that's great. I'm actually really enjoying this challenge. Who would have bloody thought? If you want to follow every day of this challenge, I film a vlog where I bring you every step of the way, from my downward dogs to uncomfortable pigeon poses. You will see all of it. Watch it on my Instagram at Katie Williams. You'll find this vlog and every vlog for all the challenges I've ever done. Okay, so I've been doing yin yoga for the past two weeks and the challenge is now over. So the question is, Am I better for it? The answer is yes. Yes, I am better for it. Who would have thought the girl that hated yin, the girl that didn't want to try it, actually was better for it? So that's a win. For the first few days, I was feeling pretty stressed, trying to sell my car. I bought a new one before I sold my car, madly looking for a new place to rent plus work and driving to the city most days. It was full on and I was stressed. To be honest, I was fitting in yoga anywhere I could with no routine, sometimes like late at night or after the gym. And I wasn't actually enjoying it that much, but it was completely my own fault because I wasn't making it easy for myself. I knew that if I wanted to do this challenge properly, I needed to add it into my morning or nighttime routine. So That's exactly what I did. I needed structure in order for me to stick to it. I needed to schedule it in my calendar and treat it like a meeting. As the days rolled on, I started to enjoy it more and more and the poses weren't as painful and I had a lot less head noise and I could cultivate more stillness mentally and physically, but I still really wanted to move my body and fidget. So day four and five in both sessions, I fell asleep. (laughs) My heart rate came down and my body completely rested. On these two days, I did the letting go of control class, which was slow and really comfortable poses. So no wonder I felt relaxed and calm. On day six, I experienced my first yoga high. (laughs) It was phenomenal. I get it now. I get why people love yin. So in week two, I started to get into it. I felt my body softening in the poses and I learned how to breathe deeply lengthen and stretch with intention and to sit with my thoughts. I definitely felt more confident within my body and comfortable in the poses. I felt like I could very quickly switch my mind off and get in the zone, which I can do in meditation. So the two kind of go hand in hand. There is one downfall of doing it virtually. And that is that you don't have an instructor there to correct your form or your technique. You also don't have people around you pushing you to keep going. So like I fell asleep in two of these classes. Would I fall asleep in the studio? Absolutely not. I would never, I would never be able to fall asleep with people around me. So I think that given the opportunity again, would I do it virtually? I probably wouldn't do it virtually only because I feel that I would push myself harder physically in a physical class with a teacher and people around me. Also, because I had a huge array of videos to choose from. I could choose the classes that were harder, intermediate, advanced, or classes that were longer or shorter or upper body, lower body with different focuses. And I feel like there was days where I was tired and fatigued and kind of didn't have the motivation to do it. I picked the easier classes. So moving forward, I think it's better to be physically doing it with someone that's watching you because you can't slacken off, you know? So did my fears play out throughout this challenge? Yes, they certainly did. I had days where I didn't want to do it, but I always knew I'd be better for it after the session. So I did have to sort of like muster up a little bit of discipline to get through some of the sessions, but halfway through I could feel my body relax and I I really did get into it. I fear that I wouldn't have time, but I definitely found the time. Some days I would jump into a shorter class, which was really nice to have the option. There was classes between 12 minutes up to like 45 minutes. Let's talk about the impact it made on my physical, social, and mental health. Physically, I felt amazing. My lower back loosened massively. I didn't have any lower back stiffness or pain, and my lower back can definitely get locked up with training. My full body felt looser and more fluid. I felt like I had a way better range of motion. I felt like I was moving more freely and kind of like I'd ironed out the kinks. I definitely felt like I had more energy mentally and physically, and I was recovering better from my training. And my body was just like less tight and less tense. Mentally, I felt calmer and clearer. And emotionally, I had some emotions actually pop up. I felt at times I had a bit of anger and sadness come up here and there, which I think is really normal because you are processing emotions during yoga. It's just you, your thoughts and your body. So I think it's normal for me to have had you know emotions come up to clear them. Socially, I feel like it didn't really impact me too much. I think because I do meditate, I use this tool to be more present. But I definitely think yin made me feel more grounded and in my body and more connected to my body. Socially, I think doing yoga with a friend would be like a really good way to stay accountable and a healthy way to catch up. It might be something that I can add into my weekly routine because I know outside of the challenge, I'm not going to be doing as much yin as I was. Two weeks was enough time to notice benefits. Physically, I noticed benefits within the first few days. You know, I felt more relaxed, I felt calmer, and mentally it snowballed. It kind of got better as the days continued. Each day, I felt more and more connected to myself and to my body, which I think that's the point of yin. Would I recommend you try this challenge or try yoga? Absolutely. And let me give you some advice do it in a studio. It's so much better to be physically doing it with people around you and a teacher to help you with your form and, you know, like correct your technique. Find a studio that you love and teachers that you resonate with. Another thing is add it to your morning routine or your nighttime afternoon routine. It really helps to have structure with it and treat it like a training session. If you want to stay accountable, you can do it with a friend or like pre-book your classes online or add it to your calendar so you don't forget. This is something I have to do. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't in my schedule. If you're new to yoga and you're embarrassed or you don't want to try it in a studio, you can do it like me and do it virtually. I actually really enjoyed being able to do it sometimes in my pajamas and just from the comfort of my own home. And last but not least, don't go too hard. Ease into it. Just start with a beginner's class. Just start with like a slow flow. Start with a slow yin. Don't jump into some hectic vinyasa class with 45 degree heat. Just start easy and you can always work your way up to a harder class. So that's it for my two weeks of yin yoga. My next challenge I'm taking on is increasing my productivity with Chad Cohen by following a very disciplined productivity routine. Join me next time to see if I'm better for it. Better For It was presented by Katie Williams, producer Lindsay Green, audio producer Darcy Thompson and executive producer Jennifer Goggin. Listener.